What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here for another edition of Rabbit Hole Recap on Tales from the Crypt. Uh, me and Matt are recording remotely. I just fucked up that intro like six times in a row. It feels weird when you're not here, Matt. It doesn't feel natural. I don't like looking at you through a screen. Yeah, I like looking at your pretty face. Yeah, well, you can see it now. It's just obstructed via via the digital world. Um, yeah, what's it is today? Today's Thursday, the 21st? Yeah, Thursday, February 21st. The price of Bitcoin, according to the trade block XBX index, is currently waiting, 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 waiting. $3,884.76. Uh, I'm recording from Brooklyn. Matt's in Amsterdam. It's 5.30 there. 11.30 a.m. here. I'm drinking coffee. Matt's drinking scotch. Cheers to you, sir. Well, Before we jump into the cheers. topics. Cheers. Before we jump into the topics of the day, um, first, I'd like to introduce this week's sponsor. You guys already know all about them. Honey Miner. Uh, Honey Miner is your place to go if you want an uh, easy way to use your computing hardware to earn Bitcoin. Uh, they set it up where you can basically connect your GPUs using their software, basically mine the most profitable altcoin chain at any given point in time, uh, and then dump it on market for Bitcoin. You get paid out Satoshis, I believe, every hour, um, and it's just a constant stream of sats. We actually have a referral link, Matt and I, stackingsats.com. That's stackingsats.com. We're all about stacking those sats. There's no www w in front of it just straight stacking sats.com um and most importantly if you guys are linux users out there who have been itching to get on Honeyminer, they recently uh released their linux implementation you can go check that out at honeyminer.com slash labs for you linux users in particular they have special deals um zero fees no account required bitcoin again pays out excuse me every two hours and profitability is about 10 percent above market value this is compatible with ubuntu 16.04 ubuntu 18.04 and sent os 7 so go get started now honeyminer.com slash labs or stackingsats.com. check them on uh twitter too at get honeyminer matt we were just talking before we hit record it's been a pretty slow news week it's been uh, been dragging. It's been hard to write the bent. I was telling you, um, but we do have some topics here. First, how's life in Amsterdam been? It's been going on out there. I love the city. It's just a it's a nice R and R vacation I got going on over here. Just trying to unplug and relax. And yeah, uh, tuning out, man. How's it How's it feel to tune out? It's nice. It's important to do that, uh, both in bear markets and bull markets. Right. And this city is one of the best uh, to do it in. Highly recommend. I love this city. I've never been. What's it like? It's just really chill. People don't realize, like, they have a shit ton of canals here. You know, like, Venice gets all the credit. But Amsterdam is very much a canal city. So you have all these beautiful canals. You're walking all over the place. It's not, like, that big of a city. So it's, like, coming from New York, it's, like, kind of, you know, it's, like, uh, it's a little bit bigger than Boston. But it's just a lot chiller than Boston. I like, One of the uh, chillest like cities. cities. To, yeah, I like, uh, I like chill cities. So anybody uh, that describes a city as being chill uh, makes me want to go there. I got to check out Amsterdam. And weed and shrooms are legal here, so that's also a plus. Have you been partaking? Yeah. No, no comment. 
but uh, <laughs> it's a nice city. I, I, I appreciate a city allowing it, at least. Yeah. Do you feel free? Free as a bird. Is there any uh, any uh, merchants accepting Bitcoin that you've noticed? No, no, there had there there have not been any. Unfortunately, right. unfortunately, I have seen I have seen some advertisements for Bitcoin though, which is cool. Some some exchange Bitcoin advertisements. It's some exchange that's over here. Okay. They have, uh, like ads. Does crypto it. need rules over there? Crypto, no. The the ad actually. Yeah, the ad wasn't very. It's, you know, it's a decent ad, I guess. It's it's just the website name and picture of a Bitcoin. Yeah, simple, simple but effective. If you're remembering it now, um, where do you want to start? Should we start in the real world or the fake internet world? Fake internet money world, excuse me. Um, let's let's start in the fake internet money world. Okay, so in the fake internet money world, it seems like uh, Samsung just announced that their Galaxy S10 uh, is going to come with a Bitcoin wallet. Has been confirmed. This is not fake news, correct? It's not. It's it's real news. Yeah, it's real news. It leaked yeah. a while ago. We talked about it in the past, I think. Yeah, we talked about it a few episodes ago, uh, but now it's officially official. Uh, can you explain like the full specs and what uh, users of the Galaxy S10 can expect when? It's delivered with this Bitcoin capability. Um, well, we don't really have that many details, but uh, presumably, you know, the the Samsung phones already have some kind of secure space on the phone uh, that they that they use for Samsung Pay and and the other Knox features they have, like all the business in- encrypted stuff they have. So they're probably just you know sticking a wallet functionality into there. Um, it looks like it's going to support. Ethereum, Ethereum tokens, and Bitcoin. I'm not sure if any other coins have been mentioned. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I. You know, it's. I I hope they don't advertise it as cold storage. I don't know what they're necessarily advertising it as, but uh, it's obviously a hot wallet. You know, it's on your phone. It's connected to the internet. Um, it's going to be closed source, I'm sure, but it's good. You know, they have. This is the you know the number two smartphone maker in the country and probably the number one in the world. I'm not I'm not sure if they're ahead of Apple, but they're up I think there. They may be number one in the world. Yeah, one or two. And and now they're shipping uh, with Bitcoin wallets with crypto wallets. So that's that's a big deal. Regardless, I wouldn't use it, but you know, it's a big deal, right? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, and it. Uh, I'm interesting to see if it's like a second class citizen on the phone or if it's like pretty easy to find uh like will be on the home screen like you hit your wallets button i don't for i'm comparing this to ios i don't i don't use samsung but i use a samsung phone i have the s9 right now i Mm. i i like you know i they go a little bit overboard with some of the shit they do but as far as android phones go they're pretty good um yeah, yeah i mean they're like loaded with features that you never use. So it'll probably be like kind of buried, but there'll be an icon you can put on your home screen or maybe they'll put it in with Samsung pay. Uh, I don't think it'll be any more buried than like the samurai wallet app, right? You just go to the samurai wallet app. This will just be another wallet option you have, um, that already goes with, you know, like Samsung has like a secure folder where like 
you can you know use your password or your pin or your fingerprint to like encrypt a folder on your phone that no one can see you know keep your nudes there or whatever um you have nudes dude like who who knows like they say that encryption's all like certified and shit but who the fuck knows right it, but it's mm-hmm. presumably better than just keeping it in the regular files app on your phone so it's uh it is what it is but them offering support is a big is a big deal yeah no that's what like i guess now i'm a little confused like is it going to be like the health app that comes pre-downloaded with apple like this Bitcoin wallet is just going to be pre-downloaded when you get the phone. It's not going to be like Samurai where you have to go to the store and download Samurai. It's probably uh, going to... My guess is probably going to be like a setting. Okay. Yeah, Like exactly. in the settings menu. Yeah. But Samsung yeah, does have like a Samsung Health app too, so maybe it'll be like that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, fascinating. So that's some news. Uh, I don't know how, how that'll affect adoption. Do you think that entices people to make... Uh, develop bad habits uh with their first experiences with bitcoin if they depend on this i mean there's probably worse wallets for them to use besides the samsung wallet right like there's yeah. some really bad wallets out there yeah so i don't know well that's what actually a good segue into what i wrote about in the bend today uh our boy stop a decrypt uh thread that he wrote a few days ago just basically explaining uh what a wallet provider would need to do out of the box to create like a uh, basically almost like the essential perfect wallet given the functionalities that exist today that you can build. Um, and I guess that sort of ties into this conversation and drives an interesting question. Like even if, uh, so let me basically just read what stop and decrypt said, uh, basically how to build a Bitcoin lightning wallet that people want to use. It's available on iOS, looks nice, works smooth, fully fledged Bitcoin wallet. User connect it to their own Bitcoin or lightning nodes uh, and your s- service actively maintains its own node. Your app provably doesn't collect data. It has a warrant canary on la- launch, excuse me, simple advanced expert user toggles with warnings. So UX warning, stuff like that allows the users to create transactions offline and announce them elsewhere like blockchain explorer App users can open channels with any node, not just yours. So, like, providers have a node, but uh, users are allowed to access outside nodes. Um, Non-app users can also open channels with your node, blah, blah, blah. Just goes on, checks the list of what I think would be, like, an ideal wallet. And if somebody were to bring it to market, would sort of crush. But maybe uh, if Samsung comes to market with this shitty wallet out of the box, like, people will be enticed just to, to... exhibit bad habits out of the box and maybe those other potential better wallets won't uh, won't get as much adoption what do you think Matt? i mean i mean that thread like what you just described is like it's the dream wallet right it's like the yeah you know it would it would it'll come eventually and there'll be demand for for better wallets Right, there'll always be demand for better wallets, and there'll always be like the super mainstream, uh, like shitty by our standards wallets. Uh, you know, if if a like most most people's first experience is like the Coinbase wallet, right? Yeah, and that hasn't stopped awesome wallet development from happening. Uh, across the space right a lot of the things here mentioned i we know of teams that are like working on different parts the hard part is like making it easy to use and putting it all together 
Yeah. But as long um, there should be demand for it, right? Like that's why part of the reason we do this podcast, right? To educate people to try and you know, to to people have a financial incentive to increase their Bitcoin knowledge, right? Unlike yeah. a lot of other things. So hopefully you know, you'll have a way way more knowledgeable base of users than in, in other scenarios. Yeah, it was actually promising to see that uh, Wasabi Wednesday this week was a little active. The hashtag had some activity uh, yesterday. Well, it helped because Coinbase really, you know, they timed their announcement to try and boost Wasabi Wednesdays this week. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about that. Coinbase's big announcement. Good segue. Uh, they've hired or they've bought a, basically a chain analysis company. I forget the exact name. Neutrino. Uh, Neutrino, yeah. Not to be confused <laughs> with uh, the SPV wallet, um, but the SPV-like wallet. Protocol, me. yeah. Uh, protocol, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they bought this Neutrino, this chain analysis company. It just so happens that uh, a lot of the team uh, on this Neutrino team is previously from the hacking team in Italy, famous uh, for helping despotic governments spy on their citizens and and sort of track them down and, and commit uh, human right human rights uh, violations against them, if you will. Yeah, yeah, the hacking yeah. team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they were helping the Saudi government spy on their their citizens, uh, other governments spy on their citizens. They were like mercenaries, right? Yeah, now they're working at Coinbase. Yeah, so that's like you know that's not a surprise. Uh, the bigger news is is you know that Coinbase is going like full on into chain analysis, right? Which yeah. is um, it should be expected, right? I feel like that's like a super easy path for them to monetize. They already have a ton of user information. And they just combine that with, you know, the all the different blockchain information they have. And they they have a particular... So, like, they've been working with, like, Chain Analysis and other companies for a long time now, presumably. But now they get to bring it all in-house, and they have way more information than, like, Chain Analysis has. Because they have all the Coinbase user records, right? They have all the names and addresses of all these different people. And then all the merchant transactions... And, you know, presumably they release that non-custody wallet, right? The Coinbase wallet that has also a merchant side, like farm information from there. And and they get all of that's proprietary for them. That's not like public information. So they are particularly well suited for this. Yes, they are. Merchants, users out there, start using BTC Pay Server. Um, protect your sovereignty. Protect your privacy. Don't let uh, Coinbase spy on you. Um, no, that's a get. They're, they're Coinbase positioning themselves uh, in a very certain way. I would say, um, I don't know. I I feel like the, the important point here, though, is like we can be mad at Coinbase. Like he seems like a, you know, a horrible dude. And like Coinbase fucking sucks for plenty of reasons. Um, but like it should... It shouldn't be possible for them to do this tracking in the first place, right? Like, we should make it technically yeah. impossible for them to do it, or at least very difficult. Like, make their lives, like, as hard as fucking possible. And until that happens, like, I feel like 
I don't know. Complaining isn't going to solve anything. You should expect that. It's like a perfect path to monetization. If someone can do it, someone will do it. And uh, like I'm waiting. I'm I'm. I feel like Facebook would be fucking perfect for chain analysis. Like if they just release Facebook releases a wallet, everyone uses it, and then they any any big wallet provider would just you know they have so much information and such so sellable. Every you can monetize it so easily. Yeah, and this is actually um, a good segue. Uh, you talking about like we can't complain because it's technically possible. Like they're going to do it because they can, and we can't blame them for that. And that's that's true. Um, though in that same vein, this week Blockstream uh, officially released test code for uh, like what would be a proposed upgrade scenario for to Schnorr. So hopefully. Um, not hopefully, but this is very promising uh, to see that uh, Schnorr is finally hitting testnet, starting to test it out. We may be able to get a technology that can help boost fungibility and make chain analysis companies' jobs a lot harder. Um, so the path towards uh, making it impossible for these these companies to track you down uh, is still being forged forward. Thoughts on that, Matthew? Yeah, and I think just like the increase in, in coin join usage with Wasabi is a really big deal. Um, yeah, it's getting up. It's getting update on Wasabi Wednesday. What uh, did you check in on anything? Any stats that you have? Any uh, any upgrades? Um, no, they just the, there was a big that was a big upgrade last week. Um, but you know the the more people that use Wasabi, the more effective it is. The faster it is. Um, you know we want as many coin join transactions as possible so that you hide in the crowd way easier, right? Um, so just seeing more people use it is, uh, I think is just a really big deal. And, and, uh, it kind of gives us, if we can get like widespread use of coin join, ideally through other clients, as well as Wasabi, you have multiple of them that all are like relatively, you know, compatible with each other. We can get Mm -hmm. like a bare minimum you know, kind of privacy situation. We wouldn't put chain analysis companies out of business, but we can make their, you know, job really, really fucking difficult. Yeah. Like at what point is the privacy at the protocol level or the fungibility at the protocol level sufficient enough that the resources expended by these chain analysis companies just aren't worth it and they have to figure out other ways. Yeah. I guess that's the, uh, I think it's the equation you have to run. It's like what we said last week. Like at the end of the day, what it comes down to is, I should be able to spend money to you without you knowing all my past and future transactions, right? Yes. And I think that's attainable some way. It's attainable. It seems like it should be attainable without sacrificing the auditability of the supply, right? Which is like the big trade-off. So as long as we can attain that, that should be, in my mind, like the bare minimum to be able to you know, say like, okay, now at least in this aspect we can ossify or we can right, be like relatively yeah. solid. No, I would agree. Um, so we'll keep following that. It seems it is a race. You have uh, two different types of wallet providers, Coinbase acquiring chain analysis companies and then the samurais of the world working to destroy their heuristics at every turn. Um, and it is a race, and it it uh, it would seem that the uh, the race towards uh, 
sort of Orwellian surveillance or not the race, but the, uh, the money behind, uh, the surveillance team is a lot more than the privacy team. It's my, my two cents, my two Satoshis. Well, I mean, I also think that anyone, you know, anyone who has Bitcoin can immediately see the value in that. So they, they will see the value and they try and use it. Yeah. And speaking of seeing value, I think, uh, we talked about this last week. Um, Jack starting to see the value of uh, Lightning Network tips on Twitter. He was stacking uh, he activated, sats. He was stacking sats. He just activated his tipping.me account. Uh, I really didn't think he'd uh, do that. Yesterday. I really didn't think right? he'd do that because it's a third-party company. I intentionally like didn't include them in the in the when I tweeted out at him to try and take the Lightning torch. I like egged him on mm-hmm. about accepting lightning tips, but I didn't bring up Tippin.me because I was like, he's not going to want to like incidentally give exposure to this third party. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, but like, yeah, and shout out to Tippin.me. I mean, their extension, I downloaded it last week. And I mean, the button on Twitter's client on the desktop, like, fits pretty seamlessly. Like, it looks pretty natural. Um, what were the permission requests requests? I haven't downloaded the extension yet. Um was it anything crazy? I don't think I don't believe so. I like that you can use it without an extension. You know, you don't even need to download like if you just want to tip someone, you could just use any lightning wallet and the web page. Like right? that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to test out the uh to see what it looked like. So I'm gonna turn it off now. Because I did not do my due diligence and check out the permissions too well. You're going to be mad at me, Matt. I'm sorry. Well, what I do is, like, I usually have, like, a browser that has extensions, and then I have, like, a sandbox browser that's just free of everything. Yeah. That's, that's a usually good go. a good policy. Yeah. And I still just uh, a bare minimum amount of extensions because I just don't. Just another hole. Um, and then the other controversy, then there's people because – Tippin.me is custodial. I think we kind of preempted this conversation last week when we talked about it, but it got pretty yeah. heated on uh, Bitcoin. I brought, I brought it. I brought it up last week. Brian Trolls been leading the uh, leading the uh, fight against the custodial Tippin.me. It is an interesting debate to be had out. Uh, it does seem though that somebody from BTC Pay Server came out and said they can build a non-custodial implementation pretty easily and they're going to come out with it so we'll see if that happens um yeah but then everyone has to host their own tipping server to send like two cents across <laughs> across twitter yeah is that the case i, I, I wasn't positive about that. i don't know i just assume so right if that's what you're trying to solve if it's not custodial yeah um i, I don't know i think like you should just withdraw often one of the nice yeah, things yeah. about tipping, as opposed to change tip, which we were talking about, is like change tip. You had to like to use it. You had to load up your account, right? So you had to like trust that custodial wallet with like a hundred dollars or fifty dollars or whatever you wanted to tip people with before you could tip. But with this, you don't even have to load anything up. You could just pay with any Lightning wallet, right? So then it's up to the receiver. He receiver can just pull out when he gets like five dollars or ten dollars or whatever. Yeah. Um... Which yeah, which is something I would recommend. But I think I was following the debate on Twitter, and again, bringing back Brian Trolls, he brought up a good point that when you do uh, sort of 
take those Satoshis off of Tippin.me into your own custody if you bring them into your own channel. Be careful when you close that channel um, because you're going to mix up those tips with your UTXOs if you send them to like a, an on-chain address. Um, so that's like a potential doxing uh, scenario. Um, Ooh, that's that interesting. I believe. Yeah. So, so then, like maybe send, maybe send if you're going to close a Lightning channel, close it directly to like Wasabi or something like that, uh, if possible. Um, yeah, I mean that's always been the issue with tips in general, is that they you get they get like like we were talking about like a lot of people just post addresses right, and you can yeah. end up connecting the UTXOs way easier with that method. Um. I mean, one option, this is kind of fucked up. Um, one option around that is you could withdraw to Blue Wallet, which is custodial. And so you could, you could withdraw custodial, custodial, and then from Blue Wallet, you could go to regular BTC. And then yeah. you could go into Wasabi if you wanted to, I guess. Yeah. That's complicated. See, this is the point. The... The point is that our privacy guarantees are fucked in Bitcoin as it right. is. That we have to yeah. do all this shit to get to to maintain any. And if you f- make any little like fuck up, then your privacy fuck is fucked. Yeah. 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 This is not acceptable. But yeah, I mean, tipping on me is like a hack proof of concept that that this guy, I think his name is Sergio, right? Put together. He seems like a good dude. Yeah, he seems and and. You know, it's going to get better. You know, he knows he knows these are issues as well. It, yeah, and again, it's like something I touched on the newsletter today, too. It's like it's just proving a use case, like throwing the ball out a little bit, and then everybody else is like, all right, the ball's here now. Let's push it a little bit f- further. Uh, let's make this a little bit less custodial uh, to give users more control. Proof of concept is there, though. Tipping on Twitter is pretty cool. Like, seeing that people are tipping me for tweets, like, one Satoshi for, like, tweets is, like, pretty cool to see. And then, so then that's the other thing, like, which we also kind of preempted last week, where people are saying, like, why are you guys excited about change tip? Right? Yeah. I always like tipping. I thought tipping, I thought, and it's even cooler that you could send fucking one Satoshi. Like, I sent Jack one Satoshi, and I just put the comment, because I can. Like, that's just cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is, is this know. time different, Matt? A lot of people are saying it's not. I, I think this time is the same but better. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I agree. That's cool. We're improving. Yeah, I could, I could, see, uh, I could see this uh, light lightning tipping on twitter fizzle out pretty hard uh, in the next like month or two um similar to how crypto kitties uh fizzled out pretty hard well what i there needs to be more like social levers there uh to to basically pressure usage of it i i i, I think that um the the bull the most bullish thing that could happen here is that Jack gets sold on the idea and integrates it, both as yeah. a Bitcoin holder and a Twitter shareholder. And keep in mind, like that's going to be totally custodial. And like I said in the last episode, like we'll give them shit about it being custodial, but it's definitely going to be custodial. 
it's gonna be a fucking privacy nightmare as well um but like imagine if like on the different tweets it said how much was donated how much was tipped to each tweet and there was like a little bar that's you know filled up or stuff like that like there's game elements where you can really gamify it i mean like even like if you if you compare tip and dub me's setup compared to change tip like change tip was way more of a social signal Right, because when you tip someone, you right. literally tweeted it out to the whole world. I'm tipping you five dollars from me to you. With tipping on me, like no one knows if you don't even put in the message, no one knows you even tipped them. That's a very good point. That's a very good distinction too. Um, UX wise, one thing I think that tipping dot me uh, could take from change tip UX wise is like basically if somebody tips an account that isn't created yet. Um, maybe notifying that account, like, hey, somebody's trying to tip you. Start this account. Because um, that was one thing Change Tip did really well, basically create an account for you. Uh, and you could basically go claim that money. Is that not what, like, Brave was doing that they got shit for? Yeah, but they were, like, offering... I forget. I think Brave got shit because they're, like, if the... Um, if the user didn't accept the bat that was being donated to them, like Brave would keep it or something like that. Right, with Change Tip, um, they just wouldn't send it if they didn't accept it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a little distinction there. It could be like a little spammy. Like, I mean, I I even spoke like last last week, like my favorite use of Change Tip was to be a spammy troll. Like that was literally <laughs> what I'm nostalgic about doing. I went back after we recorded that. Actually, my... F- my friend uh, who I was sending like beers via change tip in like 2015, like brought up some old tweets. It was, uh, took me down memory lane. That was like, yeah, that was how I tried to get friends in the Bitcoin back in the day. I was like, dude, I'm going to tweet you some Bitcoin right now. Like, look at this shit. Yeah. I, reality, it wasn't, tw- I love change tip at all. But, change yeah. tip is great. And I think tipping yeah, on me is pretty fun. Whatever. Don't keep a lot of money in it. It's a custodial wallet. Yeah, and they don't freak out over people that are keeping like three dollars on a custodial wallet. The, like the privacy issue is, you know, it's a, a bit of consider any consider anything that that is connected into tipping dot me that 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 guy Sergio can compromise your shit. Like you can find out your UTXOs and stuff. Assume that. Yeah. And maybe until proven otherwise, just use the Satoshis on there just to play Lightning Network games online. Just do something safe. Don't even take them off chain. Just keep them in the browser. Yeah, I mean, like... Play light. Like, all the people that are on Bitcoin Twitter are, like, are broadcasting their IP addresses to Twitter, you know? Like, there's, like, plenty of privacy issues that we have to, you know... I don't know. Just be aware, people. Be aware. Hashtag be aware. Um, what do we got next? Coin Mama KYC breach. Talking about fucking security. Staying on this topic. Uh, Coin Mama in exchange. Where are they? I have no idea. I've never heard of them till today. I've heard of them before. I believe they're in Asia. It sounds like an Asian Thailand? exchange. Um, I'm looking it up. Yeah, they had a KYC breach. Four hundred fifty thousand customer. Um, records were lost yeah no coins no coins just yeah personal information records which is almost 
is is just as bad, if not worse. Is it though? Everybody's personal information's been ganked at this point. <laughs> I, 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 Marty, we were just talking about like privacy and everything, right? Like this is. I know. That's a lot of people. Well, all the Americans got fucked by the Equifax one, so. Equifax, yeah. yeah. Literally half the country, so. But this is like passport scans, probably, and selfies, and. Yeah. Like a lot of people just got doxxed. That's yeah. fucked. Uh, that sucks. Um, this is why KYC is bad. Right? And how, like. Uh, we've had this conversation so many times. When does it get to the point that people realize this and non-KYC options are, are okay? Go use Hoddle Hoddle, freaks. Oh, they're based in Slovakia. Slovakia, okay. I'm surprised they had KYC. Um, yeah, again, slow Newsweek, freaks. Um, oh, wait, February 20th, did they increase it? Now it says 1.4 million Coin Mama accounts. Maybe mm-hmm. only 450k had KYC, and some were just email addresses and stuff. Interesting. Fuck. Okay. Well, that's not great. Yeah, it's not great, and um, it's not the last. It's not the first, and this won't be the last time this happens. Um trying to think like what what can we do as consumers to sort of push back against kyc aml don't use our data's don't use kyc exchanges or services except like you might have to use just one just to get on to begin with and if so if you do just use one you know pick one that you think is you know place your bet on which one you think is the most reputable you know we if you're in america we really like cash app and then, like, only you that have that be your only KYC service. Just get in, and then once yeah. you get in, just wasabi, right? And then you should be relatively better off. Yeah. And again, ideally, we don't have to worry about this at some point in the future. Um, but we should really push for this uh, because this is a topic actually somebody tweeted at Matt and I to talk about, and I actually wrote about in the bent earlier this week. Um, the battle for privacy and freedom in the digital age it's heating up uh last week i believe or the week before i think this blog post might be a couple weeks old the imf official blog the official blog of the international monetary fund basically uh released a blog post explaining how uh the world can push for a cashless society uh on route to instituting negative interest rate policies uh so basically uh the one of the institutions uh part of the global banking system that is uh charged with uh sort of pushing the fore of quote unquote economic theory and uh sort of monetary policy is uh championing a cashless society a dystopian cashless society uh run on e-cash distributed by governments and banks within the system uh so they can institute negative interest rates on deposits so essentially taxing people for putting money in the bank uh and this again this is our favorites one of our favorite stats here but at a time when the average american can't afford a 400 hundred dollar emergency expense uh the banking uh, system wants to tax your deposits right away make your life a little bit harder 
Um, Matt, thoughts? Well, we kind of already knew this was the plan, right? This just kind of crazy that they wrote it on a blog. Yeah. <laughs> like so overtly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty. And, and 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 that's like that's what I wrote about in the bent. Like the thing I want to stress to you, freaks, that like so they have to do this because they've been on a hundred, literally a hundred. What was it nineteen thirteen? So that's like a hundred and six year experiment we've been on now of monetary policy and. Uh, due to the amount of debt that the the collective global central banking system has accrued, they literally cannot raise interest rates above a certain point because they will not be able to service the interest rate payments on that debt. And so literally their only option at this point, given how much debt they've accrued, how economies around the world are slowing, and uh, basically where inflation is at some point in the world, some points in the world they have to institute negative interest rate policies to sort of keep the charade going to keep the music playing to to be able to pay back the interest that they've accrued on the debt that they've created well right the strategy the recent strategy is is when you have like some kind of recession or something you you lower rates right so if, if yeah, rates yes. are already near zero then the only place to go is negative um, yes, but you can't do that if cash exists because then people will just take cash and put it under their mattresses. Yes. So that pressure combined with the fact that people just don't like using cash that much anymore, um, will probably lead to the end of cash in most places so that they can not only do negative interest rates, but also surveil the public way easier. Exactly. And what's... What was most scary about this blog post, in my opinion, was like the attempt to like normalize this activity. Like what people have to realize is negative interest rates should never be like good. Like nobody should ever welcome them with open arms. We literally have to do this because of the monetary experiments that we've been running on a global scale for the last hundred years. Like the decisions of these academics who run monetary policy have forced us into this corner. And because of their mistakes, they now want to punish everybody with negative interest rates um, to sort of make up for their planning on the go, which has turned out terribly. Uh, like, wait, like, that's what I said in the like newsletter. People need to wake up and notice, like, all is not well. This should not be happening in a, in a global economy that's, that's healthy and, and has a, a, a good monetary system. And some countries have gone, like, quasi-negative already, right? Yeah, I believe Switzerland and Sweden are negative already. Um, I don't like, know. Th- yeah, country, yeah. Countries that are essentially cashless. I think Sweden, like, is almost cashless. Pretty sure Switzerland's up there as well. And, like, what um, a lot of places do ahead of time is, like, they make it so, like, you can't make purchases over $3,000 in cash or whatever. They, like, make all these limits and these arbitrary spending limits. And then you get to a point where even if cash isn't like banned, it it's like got a criminality to it, right? Like, oh, why do you want to spend one hundred and fifty dollars in cash in that store? What are you like up to something? Or so it's a very slippery slope. Yeah, Swiss Bank is running a negative seventy five bips uh, interest rate policy right now, I believe. But I think it's for uh, higher higher deposit level accounts. 
is one of the yeah. ways they've been getting around like people freaking the fuck out. Yeah, this article is from 2015. I'm not sure what the Swiss banking policy is right now at this moment, but they have instituted negative interest rate policy in the past, and I do believe uh, their interest rates are still negative right now, just not certain. Either way, this is ex- extremely bullish for Bitcoin, right, would we say? Yeah. On a fundamental long-term yeah. level. This is not, you know, short-term trading it doesn't matter at all for that. But for long term, this is like going to be the main one of the main value drivers of Bitcoin. Yes, I would agree. Um, and they can't help themselves. They have no other option. This is the path. Yeah, yeah, man. That's like it's sort of scary, right? It's like they're forced. Like when, like, is there a point? And this is something I've pondered for years. Like coming from finance, and like I always. Like I'm probably young and naive, but like in my early twenties was always just like, all right, maybe there'll be a, a point in time where I'll like just stop collectively and say, hey, this is obviously not working. This is we should not keep doing the same things and expecting different results. Um, but it seems as though uh, we're being pushed towards sort of a, a a point at which we we're forced to confront it, and and we don't collectively sort of try to attack it uh, head on. Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel, I I think I realized, like, couple, you know, five years ago, four years ago, that just, everyone's kind of winging it, right? Yeah. There's no, like, yeah. there's really no good answer. Every, and and everyone would rather just push it off than try and do anything of, of substance. That's right. why, That's like, actually, the, uh, yeah, continue. No, it's a good segue into what I wrote about yesterday in the bench. Shout out to Arbed Out. Uh, he highlighted uh, a passage of Iranian history. It really had me question, like, why can't we do this today? So, like, apparently in, in 12, uh, 1294 A.D., um, like, the, uh, excuse me, the, the Mongol ruler of Persia like tried to uh, decree paper money into his realm uh, based off of like the uh, the advice from Kublai Khan and like the merchant class basically revolted through Kublai Khan like into the square like toward this guy who basically suggested that they uh, introduce paper money into their economy and said fuck no and stuck to like the dinar which was a silver backed commodity for 600 years they had like sound monetary policy until 1931 until uh england took the world off the the gold reserve or uh, excuse me the uh uh what am i thinking yeah the gold reserve what the hell they took the pound off the gold reserve right yeah they took the pound off the gold reserve that's exactly it um but just like it's like small stories throughout history like people like at some point in history had like the innate basically understanding that like paper money is bad and there's many examples this just being one of them of people revolting about paper money being introduced into their to their societies um but maybe we are so just we've been so inundated with uh paper money our whole lives and the it's the system we grow up and we don't even know to question it um but there are like again signs throughout history that hey people cared about this at one point maybe we should start caring about it uh here in the present at some point i just thought that was interesting well i mean like i remember like i my uncle the gold bug right 
Like, I feel like everyone has an uncle the gold bug just screaming yeah. about paper money. Um, but, yeah, for us, for for people our age, like, most of them think, like, it's the way it's always been, right? They don't... Yeah. They don't realize that we came off the gold standard, what, like, in 1970 or something like that? Like, it's really recent. 1971, when we yeah. officially uh, disconnected from uh, from the gold uh, completely. Um yeah, but I, the process began again, like going back to like 1913, 1931. Um, it's also what they teach you in process. school. They don't teach you this shit in school. Right. Like uh, the FDR's gold seizures. Like they don't talk about any. Of it. It's all whitewashed. Be, be aware, people. Be aware. This stuff happened. Um, well, yeah, so shout out Arb. What? Yeah, shout him out. Shout him out. Shout out Arbed out. One of my, the most underrated uh, Twitter followers or Twitter follows out there, excuse me, at Arbed Out. That's at A R B E D O U T. Good Thanks dude. Just it out. Good dude. Um, Very good dude. I think you know people will will slowly come to realize it, and as they do, you know, Bitcoin adoption will increase. Yeah, I agree. All this stuff like used to drive me fucking nuts. And now that Bitcoin exists, I'm just like, I got my peace of mind. You know, this is good for Bitcoin. So, yeah, we'll just see how it turns out. Yeah. What else is good for Bitcoin is if we get more developers. Um, and I wrote about uh, Bitcoin Optech last week. I was actually just reading them this morning. David Harding put out a great Bitcoin Optech newsletter uh, earlier this week filled with a lot of dense information. A lot of the guy, guys at Chaincode are working on that. And if any of you guys are developers out there, um, Chaincode residency is coming up this summer uh, again. Uh, so go to residency.chaincode.com if you'd be down to check that out um, for their summer residency. I believe it's closing soon, the registration. So if you're interested in learning from some of the best, go check out Chaincode's residency. Um, What do we got here, Matt? Slow news day. I don't like this this separation. This I don't like talking to you through a screen. Every everyone should just subscribe to Bitcoin Optech. Like even if you're not a developer or whatever, just just subscribe to it. Pay attention to yeah. it. Really good resource. And while you're at it, subscribe to this podcast. That's what that's what we need, freaks. We need uh, if you guys are liking this stuff, make sure you subscribe, share it. I'm trying to blow it up. We got. Uh, a lot of good interviews coming up. I've been uh, working hard to get some quality, underrated guests. And uh, I think we got a lot of good things cooking here. Yeah, dude, you've been hustling. You, I haven't listened to your two most recent pods. I'm looking forward to I've been on, in vacation mode. I'm, I'm behind on my pods. S- stay in vacation mode. You got a long flight back. You'll have time to catch up. That was the other one. Uh, Elon recorded with uh, ARK Invest. Uh, oh, yeah. Our buddy Yassine shared it on Twitter. I haven't listened to it yet. I don't think you have yet either, right? I have not, but apparently uh, he thinks Bitcoin has a beautiful design. Yeah, so I got to put uh, that on in the plane. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that, Elon. Elon, you ever want to come do a rabbit hole recap? Let us know. <laughs> Invite is open. Yeah, you got. so you got Jack coming up March 1st. Going to fly out there for him. That's fly coming up soon. Him next week. Yeah, dope. It's a, a week away. Um... Yeah, sorry. This was uh, this was a little off this week, freaks. The uh, the remote recording, 
not a fan. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're fortunate enough that that we get to record together, you know, nine times out of ten, right? <clears throat> Most people yeah, don't have true. that liberty. That is true. What do you got? Uh, what do you got on tap for tonight? You going to dinner? Yeah, I got Maybe a nice swimming in the canal. We got some really nice dinner tonight, and then uh, we come home tomorrow. Should be good. All right, man. I'll enjoy it. Wine and dine your lady. Um, take in the canal scene in Amsterdam one more night, and then uh, we'll see you back stateside next week. Yeah, absolutely. Stay humble, guys. Chill lightly. <laughs> All right. Peace and love, freaks.